been set free and free indeed. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Let's love him. Let's love him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands all across this house. I feel him. Hallelujah. Come on, has anybody got a testimony that it was God that picked you up and turned your life around? Hallelujah. Come on, he looked down and he saw somebody worth saving. Jesus, we give you praise. Come on, let's clap our hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel it in this house. There's some people that got praise because they know if it had not been for Jesus, if it had not been for Jesus, come on, we may not even be alive today had it not been for Jesus, let alone blessed, let alone favored. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Love what I feel in this house. If you have your Bibles, the book of Exodus chapter 3 and starting in verse number 11. I want to say a great big welcome to all of our guests and visitors. Amen. We're so glad that you're here and we'd like to encourage you to come and be with us on Wednesday night where we uh, worship God and then we break into his word and uh, pray that it's a blessing to you in Jesus name. Let's continue to pray several out on vacation. Uh, tis the season, and you know what? With Corona having just kicked everybody, I think it's a great opportunity uh, to just kind of relax and go and see the nature of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. The Bible says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. I want you to notice that for just a moment. The first thing Moses said was, Who am I? And God responded, I am that I am. And that's going to be enough for everything that you are not. And I want to preach us for a few moments on this subject. The I am of the I am not. The I am of the I am not. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. I believe that God's in this house and I believe that he's going to do some things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Do you believe that? Would you pray with us here today? 
Come on, maybe you came into this building and you've got a lot of, a lot of things in your life that you're, you're struggling to handle. I want you to know that the I am is in this building and he can help us here today. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus, touch us today. Come on, for just a few moments, let's press past. Amen. And let's just begin to press into his spirit. Amen. God deposits something into our hearts today. Come on, that's it. I feel it right there. Somebody tap in. God deposits something in my spirit. Amen. Fill the gap in my life, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments. The I am of the I am not. Moses really did have a pretty rough life. It is easy for us to read the Bible or maybe even have the story related to us and to skip over a lot of details because when we when we look at the narrative we want to just get straight to the meat of the matter we want to we want to go straight to uh, the end of the book if you will and find out what it's all about but often the bible is not made up in great details it's made up in little details and uh, when we read about Moses, when we talk about Moses, we have to uh, sometimes take ourselves out of our current, uh, you know, vantage point of looking over his life. And we've got to find ourselves a present day Moses where we can step into his shoes and understand a little more. Moses was born into a volatile situation, into a nation that new pharaoh, new rulership, did not know Joseph. And, and part of not knowing Joseph was uh, another way of saying that he did not know God, nor did he care to know God or care to take care of the people of God. And this pharaoh rose up to bring about destruction upon the people of God. And a decree went out from that pharaoh that every baby boy was to be slaughtered uh, and I, I i've been teaching on this over in fallon i've been talking about the biblical themes that sometimes we skip over uh, but the bible is letting us know of a few things that that genocide is wrong <laughs> we we like to look at it and go well yeah because in our vantage point we know it's wrong but what we really see is if you take god out of a culture there will be genocide you look at it. You look at it. You can find it through history. Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot. You go to the killing fields of Cambodia. You look at North Korea. All of what's happening right now, you remove God from the picture, and genocide is going to happen. And uh, that's why I think that's one of many reasons that I think that as an apostolic church, we need to stand tall and let our light shine before men. Amen. If nothing else, we need to be a beacon of light that just says, amen, we're going to stand for God. We're going to stand for righteousness. We're going to stand for morality, even in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. 
Come on, somebody. There's going to be a lot that even though the whole city is wicked and about to be, it might about to be to be destroyed, but there's going to be a lot that's going to stand up in the midst of a wicked city. And Jesus put it this way, as it was in the days of Lot, as it was in the days of Noah, and you better believe, as it was in the days of Moses, so shall it be when the coming of Jesus comes. Oh, come on, somebody. And he wants to know, will there be a Noah? Will there be a Moses? Will there be a lot? Will there be an apostolic revival center that will stand tall and say, we believe in God. We believe the things of God. I believe that when Jesus comes back, he's going to find us faithful. But it is in this environment that Moses is born. He's born into a, a situation where it is now man, abortion is no longer, uh, and I'm not here to bash anybody, but, but abortion is no longer an option. It's mandatory. And he is, he is, he's also of a different ethnicity. And so now you see racial conflict and, and discrimination. And so people think it's just starting to happen now. No, it's been happening for a long time. Uh, but we've got to stand up as a church. Amen. And, and I, I didn't come to preach that, but I might as well. We've got to stand up at church against all that. Amen. Because there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. We've all been born. Amen. Again. Amen. In Jesus' name, we're all one body of believers. There's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. Doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. When you come in the kingdom of God, you, you become, you get the name of Jesus called over you. Amen. Whatever you were before is washed away. Praise God. But it is that interesting thought of the fact that Moses was born into such a, such a volatile situation and he's born in, into this dis, disadvantaged situation. And, and here in this moment, we do see the fact that Moses is then dropped off. Now, I know we like to look at the biblical uh, Sunday school story where she builds a nice little ark and though we do see that, but I want you to see it from Moses' vantage point because Moses doesn't necessarily get the aerial view. All Moses knows is the fact that he was abandoned. Come on. Dropped off at a river. Amen. Just left by himself. Amen. To now, we know the other side of the story that his mother was actually trying to save his life. But for the sake of this message here today, I want us to see it from, amen, Moses, if he was in this moment. It's like a child dropped off at a doorstep. Amen. Nowhere to call home. And Moses is dropped off at this river. He is, he is sent off into the system, if you will. Amen. The, the daughter of Pharaoh finds him and, 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 and finds that Moses... Amen. Is crying in this basket now. Amen. The daughter of Pharaoh takes him in and she puts him into, amen, if you will, the current government system. And, and now he's bouncing, amen, from the government system all the way back to his biological parents and then from the biological parents back to the system. And I want you to know that's the kind of world we're living in. This is why Apostolic Revival Center fights so hard for children and loves kids. Amen. Brother and Sister Rodriguez, I want you to know you have our full support. We love kids, and we're not going to see them go down that path. Praise God. He's given up. He's abandoned. He's now in the system. He's living from foster care house to foster care house, if I could put it in modern-day terms. He's raised in a split home. He's got this group of parents, and now he's got this group of parents. He's confused about who he really is. 
he's, he knows that his ethnicity is he's an Israelite, but he's raised by an Egyptian. He knows that he should be living according to this, this demographic, but now he's, he's in this other area of life. And he's trying to figure it out. And the Bible would even say that he was called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, and I could just preach it real quickly for somebody here today that he was born to be a child of God. He was born to be an Israelite. Can I help you here today that you, regardless of who your mother and father is, regardless of where you come from, I want you to know that your true origin, amen, is you are a child of God. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Well, I wasn't raised that way. That's all right. You are a child of God. Well, they didn't teach me that. That's all right. You're a child of the Most High God. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. I just came to remind somebody who you really are. You're a child of the Most High God. you got to rest in that regardless of all the tags in life. Because there will be tags in life. They're going to call him the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There came a day, and there will come days like this, where the Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Another message for another time. But you can refuse how you were raised. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody received that. You can, well, I was just raised this way. You can refuse how you were raised. Well, this is just how it was when I grew up. You can refuse that. Amen. If it's not what God has for you, you have the opportunity. You have a choice to say no. Well, I was raised to be a drug addict. You can say, that's all right. I was born to be a child of God. And it doesn't matter how I was raised. I refuse that tag. I had somebody that would shout here today, amen, that you might have been raised all wacky, amen, and all this different messed up mentality, amen, there's people that are coming out of this world, amen, that have been raised to think that there's certain things, amen, they've been born a boy but raised to think they're a girl, I want you to know they're going to come into the kingdom of God and God's going to set it right. God's going to help people break every tagline. God's going to help them break every, amen, every shadow over their life. That's the beauty of what God does. But I want you to notice he's got already, he's confused by what he is and who he is. What am I? Am I an Egyptian or am I an Israelite? Is Jacobed my mom or is Pharaoh's daughter my mom? Am I born to be a child of God or am I born to be a child of the world and just do what they tell me to do? He has raised the son of Pharaoh's daughter, educated in all the ways of Egypt. He's now educated, and that's how some of us were. Amen. We weren't educated the way that some people were when they went to college. We were just educated in street language. That's just how we were educated. And, and you know what? To lie, cheat, and steal is just how we were educated. And it's, but there's got to come a moment where you disconnect from that and say, no, amen, that might have been how I was educated. But that doesn't mean that's, that's not the will of God. And in this moment of confusion, we see Moses. He's, we're starting to see his character come out. Because after all of those things, to expect Moses, that's a beautiful thing about the Bible is it doesn't pull the punches. You read any other religious text, and it'll talk about their person like it's the most incredible. Every prophet's perfect. Every individual in their book is perfect, and they've never made a mistake. But you look through the Bible, and you find people with anger issues. 
It makes me feel a lot better, amen, when I read through there and I find people that, that they did this, they made a mistake here, amen, and yet God still used them and God still loved them and God still worked with them. <laughs> Praise God. But it is here he sees an Egyptian beating up on an Israelite and he's torn. What do I do? And he ends up defending the Israelite but not doing it God's way because, again, he was raised, amen, in the mindset of the Egyptians. And when you're raised in the mindset of the Egyptians, you think that you can just get away with whatever, do whatever, and as long as the ends justify the means, you'll do it. And, uh, and so he ends up killing an Egyptian. He is now a murderer. Can I tell you, you would have somebody that would be 23 years to life right now, amen, that later will be leading the nation of Israel, amen, that would be sitting in a prison cell rotten, amen, right out here outside of Carson City right now, amen, that is later going to be leading. I want you to see Moses from a real standpoint, amen, this is an individual that has now become a murderer. And when he realized he's going to get caught, he runs. Because that's exactly what we do when we make a mistake. He becomes a wanderer. Now he's, he's homeless. He's a vagabond. He's, just, he's gone from palace to now he's just pennies. And he's going around and he's confused. He ends up just uh, getting a job somewhere with Jethro and ends up finding somebody and just gets married to one of the seven daughters, picks one, <laughs> just gets married. He just, he's just floating through life, amen. He doesn't care about his purpose anymore. He's so confused, amen, and he's, he's got all of these different issues going on. I want you to notice where Moses really is in this moment, amen. All of this, he's now got abandonment issues. He's thinking to himself, amen, well, maybe, I, you know, I'll just get married to this person they'll probably leave me and I'll get another person and I'll go ahead and just wander from place to place because I might lose that place and and he's got these issues that he has no stability and and he's trying to figure it out and he's brought them all the way into his adulthood and, and now he's murdered somebody so now he's got shame and guilt and they're resting upon Moses and every day amen I don't doubt that he thinks about that Egyptian and and he starts to really now that he's no longer amen moving in a moment of rage and in a moment of anger because this is a theme of Moses' life. Uh, Moses is there, and I have no doubt he's thinking about the fact that that Egyptian had kids and that Egyptian had a wife, and now he's thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this. I, I know I was born to be better than this. I know that I was created to be better than this, but look at what I've become. I think we should pray right now because you can start filling in the blanks where you are, and you can think of all the deficiencies and we can begin to think about all of the areas where we know we don't quite measure up, amen, to what God has for us. And we know there's the shame and guilt of knowing that we just have not, amen, got to that level. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, hallelujah. I want you to pray about what you are. Amen. I want you to pray about what I am and begin to think about all of the deficiencies, all of the inadequacies. Amen. They're a reality we cannot escape. Too many people want to avoid. Amen. Some will overcompensate for their inadequacies. And they will, that's what Moses did. He goes and gets married, gets a, gets a career. Tries to avoid all of these issues. But he knows, I was created for more than this. And he's wandering in the desert, leading sheep, knowing that deep down in his heart, he was meant to lead people. Knowing he was called for more, and yet living for less. I know we've all been there. 
We've all lived in that place. When you make a mistake, that's what shame and guilt will get us to do. Wander aimlessly. Amen. Never reaching the ideal of what God has for us because we look and all we can see is everything that we are not. Hallelujah. I'm preaching real good to some folks. I know, I know I'm preaching to somebody because right here, amen, if we were to be honest, this is what stops people from really being used of God. This is what really hinders people from, amen, I want you to know, amen, that from this vantage point of life, amen, I might look down and I can see some people, amen, I look and I know God's got more for them, but if you try to convince them, they'll just think back on everything they are not and everything they've done wrong and they'll begin to tell you, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I will not because of everything that I I'm not. Oh, somebody pray. I think that after today's service, somebody's going to leave this place, uh, amen, full of the power of the Holy Ghost uh, and able to do what they thought they could not do. Uh, I believe after this service, people are going to leave this house, uh, amen, with the, with the authority from God, amen, to be what God has called them to be. I believe that after this service is done, amen, you're going to leave this building uh, reaching as high as you can into the sky, amen, reaching for your ideal of what God has called you to be. And there wandering in the wilderness, he sees a burning bush. Now, this burning bush to everyone else would have just been a natural thing in the desert. But he saw that that bush was not consumed. And there was something about this encounter that made Moses turn around. Amen. I thank God for every sign from heaven that ever caused me to turn around. Amen. That even though I might have been wandering, it said, hey, I know you're wandering. I know you're aimless, but could you just turn aside for a moment? I, I want you to know that if you're in this house, you're here because God has drawn you to this place. Amen. It was just a flicker of light that made you look, and maybe it didn't seem like much to everyone else, but to you, you know, you know that God has been called. My Bible says that no man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. And sometimes it's that little flicker of hope. It's that flicker of light. It's that flicker that says, hey, hey, I got a plan for you still. It's the voice of God you try to ignore that keeps whispering in your ear and saying, don't give up. Don't lose hope. I still got a plan. Has anybody ever encountered the grace of God? The grace of God that says, hold on, turn around, come back. I got another word for you. Oh, let's clap our hands and let's love him. Praise God. It is there. He turns aside. This is the difference between people that are deficient, that never get where God's leading them, and people that are deficient that get where God's leading them. Because there's nobody here that doesn't fit in either one of those categories. We all have deficiencies. <laughs> Let me help some folks that maybe think a little higher of themselves. <laughs> we all have deficiencies. We all have something we can fill in. I am not blank. And you can fill it in. Everybody's got that. And the only thing that makes the difference is when God calls, do you respond? When God reaches for you, do you reach back and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen with me. I know what I am not. But there's something about this moment with God. And it is there that he meets God. And this is a moment that, that, that everyone has to have, and it might be more than one moment. But God begins to speak to him. And I want you to notice how God speaks. So many people think of God as some mean uh, deity. <laughs> He's not that way. 
I mean, I, I will say that till the day I, I croak and die, and he'll resurrect me. I'll say it again. God is not up in heaven looking to destroy you. <laughs> the first thing he ever did before he ever put Adam in that garden, the Bible says he blessed him. That's right. God blessed him. I want you to know when God looks down on you and I, he sees frailty. When God looks down on you and I, he sees deficiency. But he also sees potential. He also sees purpose. He also sees I can do something with that. And he says, I will bless the part of you that is going to come out and be, be the ideal. God starts speaking to him. That's the word of God. That's the, that's a powerful thing about prophecy. Amen. That's a powerful thing about preaching. That's a powerful thing about coming to church is that God will speak a word over you. And you might have just got up this morning. Amen. Amen. And, and just, it just puts some mouthwash in to get rid of the alcohol you had last night. Or maybe you got up, amen, this morning full of shame and guilt of all last week. And, and though you know you're supposed to be a Christian, you haven't quite lived up to it. And there's, I don't know what is there in your life, but I do know that you can have that moment with God and and, and, and God looks to you and says, I can still work with you. And here he is. God starts telling him, hey, in the midst of everything Moses is not, I'm going to send you back to deliver Israel. Huh. Not me. Oh, no. And I know, I know this is how we all are. God starts telling us the ideal. And all we can see is the reality. But that's where faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. <laughs> you want to be like God? My Bible says he speaks of things that are not as though they are. And he looks at that drunkard on the bar stool and says, I'm going to make a preacher out of him. Come on. I know some people think they woke up sanctified and holy. But the truth is, God looked at you and I, and he said, I see an ideal. I see a... <laughs> I see what could be. I see, he says, I see there's nothing. The earth is without form and void. Let there be light. God didn't speak to the darkness. God spoke to the light. He spoke to the good things and said, I'm going to call out of you an anointing. I'm going to call out of you worship. I'm going to call out of you faithfulness. Oh, you want me to be? Well, God, he calls the most unfaithful people <laughs> and he makes them faithful. Now, it's a decision everybody's got to make, but he calls them even though they're not faithful right now. Yes, he does call people that are going through a divorce for cheating on their spouse and says, I'm going to make something out of you. <laughs> I, I know that some people don't really believe that. They don't really believe in the grace of God. But God looks and goes, I can see a faith. I see a well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are right now not there, but I see it. I see somebody that can shake the gates of hell for the name of Jesus, but right now they're in the gates of hell. I, I see somebody that can break through. I see somebody that can pray through, even though right now they're possessed by a legion of devils. I see, and God looks, he calls to what, what man could be. And that's what's beautiful about God is he looks down. And he sees it. He's not blind. He sees everything that we are not. Amen. But the problem with us is that we don't have 20-20 vision. All we see is what we are not. Amen. Moses is staring at this great wonder. It's a manifestation, a theophany of the almighty God. And when God starts speaking over him everything that he could be and everything that he should be and everything that God wants to make of him, he looks back and God says, who am I? 
And this is the this is the difference right here. So many people cannot get past this. Amen. And and it's 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 all of us. Amen. When God starts calling to us, we go, Who am I? I am not a preacher. I am not a singer. I am not somebody to greet at the door. I am not somebody to dance before the Lord. I am not, and we always want to look at all the things that we think we are not. But this is a beautiful thing about God. He goes, this is what the sign for you is going to be. I killed an Egyptian. I'm not a good leader. I, I, I don't have the ability. The Israelites wouldn't even follow me after I killed the Egyptian. They know my mistakes. I'm not a, I'm not a perfect individual. I, I, I'm, I'm not as eloquent as everybody else. I can't speak Hebrew as well as everybody else. I can't speak this language of God's people. I only know the ways of the world. I don't know the ways of God. And, and this is what Moses is saying. I, I cannot because, amen, some people think he's stuttered. The truth is uh, he wasn't fluent in Hebrew. Uh, he had no problem speaking Egyptian. Uh, he had no problem speaking of Pharaoh. Uh, but he knew I don't, I'm not the one for this. Uh, I'm not qualified. I'm not educated. I know I'm preaching to somebody. I don't have the intelligence level. I don't have the pedigree. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But this was a moment for, for Moses and everyone in this building, I believe, today can be your moment where the I am not meets the I am, where you get in contact and everything you are not. God says, don't worry about what you're not. I am everything that you are and that you are not. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord. Let's lift our hands and let's love him. Come on, let's pray. There's an encounter in this house. There's an encounter with God in this house for everything you are not. Amen. I'm not saying bring your best. I'm saying bring your worst. I'm not saying bring your pretty masked up face that you brought in with you to church. I'm talking about saying, Lord, amen, this is the real me. I'm going to let you know this is the worst of the worst of the worst of everything I am not. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray. Come on, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Moses gets there and tells God, I am not, I am not the one you're looking for. I am not qualified. I, and you look through your Bible and you find people over and over and over again. God says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, never fought a battle. Never lifted a sword. He was right. I am not the guy you're looking for. I don't even come from a big family in the nation of Israel. I'm from the least tribe, from the least of the least of the least of the least. I am not who you are looking for. But yet God still speaks to the ideal of man. Thou mighty man of valor. I hear the voice of God here tonight saying, thou mighty Christian of valor. Mighty man. Mighty woman. And if you could ever get a hold of that word, and although it might not be where you are, if you could ever get a hold of that word and say, God, I'm going to hold on to it, amen, because he that begun a good work in, in me shall finish it all the way to the day of Christ. And God is not a man that he should lie. If God is promised, if God is called, God will finish what he started. But there, Moses says, I am not, but I want you to know, that when the I am not meets the I am, there is a revelation that is given. 
God's identity is given to the I am not. I am that I am. Literally translates out, I will be what I will be. Many things we don't have time to get to talk about today. Amen. Of what he was really saying in that moment. Uh, amen. But but one of the things he was saying is, I am self-sufficient. I am self-existent. Before you was I am. Uh, amen. Before you ever, before your deficiencies, I was there. Uh, amen. Before you made your mistakes, I was there. Uh, he was letting Moses know well before all of that. Uh, amen. I am. Uh, amen. I was. I am. And I will be. Amen. He was letting him know, I am the first. I am the last. The beginning and the end. Uh, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's saying, I I exist in the past, present, and future. Amen. And God's saying, I know what you were in your past. I know what you are in your present. But I'm also standing in your future. And I'm calling. I wish I had somebody lift up their voice. Let's stand across the building. God's calling to somebody. He's saying, I'm in your present. I'm in your past. But I'm calling from your future. And I'm saying, come on. Somebody lift up your hands. Somebody pray. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a word from your future calling. Here's the beautiful thing about getting a revelation of God. That's why I think it's so important to come to church. Every service you come, every prayer meeting, every time you open your Bible, every time you pray, every time you seek God, every time you worship, he's going to give you little pieces of himself. He's going to deposit them there. And you know, we got a whole world out there with self-help books. Become the best you in 30 days. And you end up becoming a worse you because you're reading that book. And we all don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Jump on Weight Watchers, become a vegan, tell us all we should stop eating meat. And we just, we don't like you. Um, kidding, kidding. That's your thing, go for it. But it's that, it's that, oh, I'm going to prove myself. We get so focused up on the, who am I? Right, you know, that's humanity right there. Who am I? You, you think, you think the first question you'd ask God is, who are you? Like, I want to know everything about you. But when we're coming from a position of I am not, deficiencies, we're not interested in that. We just want to know, like, hey, who am I? Can you, can you speak a word over my life? And there's nothing wrong with that. Because God will do that. But before he ever tells you who you are, he tells you who he is. Because everything that we are not or are is all going to be in relation to who he is. Yeah. Well, I made mistakes, but that's not who you are. You're a child of God. Because in relation to him, he looks down and he says, that's a son or a daughter. I look and say, I'm a mistake. And God goes, no, you're not. I called you before you were in your mother's womb. I got a plan for you, Jeremiah. This is a moment when, 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 when Jesus is asking, who do men say that I am? Some say Elias, some say John the prophet, John the Baptist, uh, uh, other one of the prophets. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is what happens when the I am not meets the I am. Moses says, who am I? Peter says, thou art the Christ. And all of a sudden, the I am shows up and goes, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. But I want you to get it for all the I am nots. There's a new revelation, elder. I say unto thee, thou art Peter. 
His name had been Simon all the way up until that point. But now Peter means a, a, a piece of, a, it's a pebble, a little rock. Amen. He said, upon the rock, speaking of the revelation, I'll build my church. But he's saying, you're a chip off the old block. You thought you were Simon. You thought you had this fishing, uh, cussing fisherman, uh, amen, language. But I say unto you, thou art Peter. And he's saying, I see an ideal in your life. Amen. I want you to know that when the I am not meets the I am, he gives you a revelation of everything that you are supposed to be. Everything that you could be. Jesus stands up and says, I am. And all the soldiers fall back because there was something in that moment. Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, before Abraham was, I am. And the religious couldn't handle it. Because now their religiosity was being exposed. There's something that transpires when even our deficiencies come before the Almighty God. I want to read you a scripture, Colossians chapter 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Beware lest anybody try to trick you into the newest fad, newest thing, and not after Christ. Try to get you thinking that you are not good enough the way that God created you. Thinking that you should change, amen, to a different gender, even though that's what God has created you to be. Amen. Start to think that, that, that you have an option, amen, in orientation. But the truth is, God created you a man so you can love a woman. God created you a woman so you can love a man. Amen. And, and, and I'm not here to hurt anybody. Amen. But you got to be careful lest anybody spoil you. Lest anybody come and try to get some philosophical conversation and make you think you're stupid. Amen. Thinking that you, amen, that, that, that genetically you're a man, so you must be a man. No, there's five. 5,000 genders. No! you got to beware. This is what he says then. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I wonder if we can believe any verse in the Bible, if we can believe this one right now. And you are complete in him. Beware. Lest anybody spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. And after this world and not after Christ, you are complete in Him. Because in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, which means you don't need philosophy to tell you what you are. You need to get in Him. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And you are complete in Him. the I am not meets the I am, you have the ability to bring your deficiencies and he starts giving you abilities. You bring your insecurities and he starts bringing you confidence. You bring your anger, Moses, and he'll bring you peace that passes all understanding. Uh, you bring your bitterness, uh, amen, where you can't forgive nobody because they wronged you and what happened to you when you were a kid. Uh, and he brings a forgiveness that this confounds everybody around you. Uh, you bring your sins, not your good sins, quote unquote. Uh, not your sins you don't mind talking about and laughing about. Uh, you bring the worst, darkest moments 
the darkest part of your heart and you bring it before God, even the worst that you've ever been, not your best of your worst, the worst of your worst. And when you bring it to him, when you bring it to the I am, he'll bring you salvation. You bring your I am not and he brings in his I am and the I am is what completes you, not the I am not. The I am is what makes you, not the I am not. Somebody pray. Let's lift up our hands. I'm done preaching. And you are complete in him. You are complete in him. Church, can I preach to you? Well, preacher, I am not. I am not. I am not. That's all right. I am that I am have sent you. I am that I am has called you. And you are complete in him. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. In fact, I would encourage you, if you feel comfortable, I want you to come down this altar, and I don't want you to bring your best foot forward. I want you to bring the worst foot forward. I don't want you to bring that mask you wear in front of everybody else. I want you to take that off, amen, the proverbial mask, and say, I will not bring God my best, but today I'll bring in my worst. I'll bring in the I am not, and let him make the I am. I'll bring him Simon and let him pull out a Peter. I'll bring the deficient Moses and let him bring out a leader. I'll bring to him my worst and watch God call to me and bring out my best. Come on, would you pray? In the name of Jesus. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. This is why we need the power of God flowing through us. It makes up the deficiencies. It fills in the gap of everything that I am not. Come on, somebody pray. In my mind that say I'm not enough. Oh, that's it. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure Am I more than just a song? Of every high and every low Remind me once again just who I am Because I need to know Everything. 